Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Strahda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you had a nice weekend. It was beautiful weather, wasn't it? Sharp, crisp, dry. You could get out and about. I got two great walks in myself the weekend and really enjoyed it. Hope you're doing okay in these difficult times and keeping the chin up. And we'll do our best to inform, entertain and keep your chins up for the next couple of hours and each day this week on Late Lunch. We have lots of interesting guests for you today. Just to remind you, Sinead Kelly, our vet, is with us. So if you have a question, Sinead will answer it. No bother to our Sinead, get them into us now on the usual numbers 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850 715 958 if you'd like to call in. We'll also be chatting to Sharon Doherty. She's a wonderful lady uh, from Ashburn and County Mead. She's a fitness instructor, nutritionist, and she's hit a difficult patch. She's going to talk about it herself. She's going to be quite honest. You'd never think, and she says this herself, that she would go through what she's gone through. She's so interesting and she's with us on the show today. And we'll have John Lowe as well, the money doctor. Yeah, you may have seen the weekend that the state savings schemes are all reduced. They are really small now, the interest levels. Is it worth still putting your money into state savings? John Lowe will tell us. And Neil Diamond, he's our artist of the week, our featured artist this week. But I'm going to start today with a letter. I picked up my post the weekend and this letter was there. I see the postmark on it is last Thursday, so obviously arrived Friday. And I just want to read it to you. And it prompted something. I suppose you could say this is a, a regular occurring Subject on late lunch from time to time over the years. But let me read this letter to you from Maureen. She says, Dear Jerry, there's an upside to our restrictive lives, and it's great to see so many people of all ages out walking. Good for the mind, body, and soul. However, there's a big problem underfoot, which is really getting to me. I'm a regular listener to your show and a regular walker, and I've heard you in the past talking about dog fouling on our streets. Jerry, it was bad. But now it's worse than ever. It's now at a point where you must look down constantly for fear of stepping into poops. Could it be that with more people out and about walking and walking their dogs, less are doing what they should do, Jerry, and picking it up? We've another pandemic, Jerry. Yes, dogs defecating on our streets. I'm sorry to say. I'd be most grateful if you'd highlight this matter again and appeal to people to bring a wee bag with them. Lift the poos and take them home. Do the right thing, please. Sincerely, Maureen. It's signed Maureen Dundalk, listener. Thank you indeed, Maureen, for sending that to me. And you know something? 
I should have mentioned this last week. One evening last week, uh, Miriam was walking home from work and arrived at the door with a shoe load of shit. That's all I can say. Honest to God, she had to take them off. And of course, I had to sort them out over the next day or two. But it's not pleasant. It really, I I, I shouldn't I, even smiling at even thinking what happened. It, it's not pleasant for anybody uh, to walk into this blooming stuff on the path. And it's been something that I've heard Sarah and Jared, my son and daughter, mention when they've been out walking with their families. They've said to me in recent weeks as well, and we're talking about the draw end of things. They say it's just shocking. That's more in Dundalk. And we're going to talk to somebody now who's in County Mead. And he's a man right on the cold face. He's a great friend of ours on Late Lunch. He is the Mead dog warden, Alan Nolan. Good afternoon, Alan. Hi, Jerry. How are you? What do you make of, you know, Maureen's letter to me and what I've just said there? That's we're talking, say, Dundalk, Drogheda. Give us the perspective from uh, the Mead end. Is it worse than ever the problem under four? Absolutely. And it's not just on Dock or Jerry, it's absolutely every village, every county, every road in Ireland. And it's become a pandemic. People now have dogs, Jerry, that never had dogs or never thought they'd have dogs. They were locked at home under restrictions and all of a sudden the kids wanted something to play with. Ah, you know what, she will go out and get a dog paid absolutely astronomical, ridiculous prices for dogs that would normally dogs that would normally cost 50, 100, 150 euros they're paying up on a thousand euros for them but they don't realise Jerry, these dogs crap and like I call them UIFs uneducated ignorant fools that's what they are and there's no other way to describe them uneducated ignorant fools they get dogs, not everyone not everyone Jerry, but most of the people that have dogs out there will bring their dogs walking they'll pick up the poo the good ones will put it into a bin the UIFs will fire it into a ditch or they'll go on the green the green walkway in Nobber, for example, my other colleague Ashley walks it quite regularly and she has told me they'll step out into the grass, they'll let their dog defecate in the grass and they'll walk on. What's the problem? It's in the grass. She has been mm. told. I have been told. What's the problem? It's in the grass. The problem is you bring your kids for a walk, kids want to play in the grass, they go out in the grass. People don't realise, Jerry, that the parasitic worms that are in dog feces are so deadly it's incredible people don't realize this and until something happens belonging to someone there is a case in the minutes um i'm not too familiar with the chap but he has gone blind from becoming in contact with dog feces on a beach in balbriggan it has been traced back to dog feces the parasitic worm that got into his hand when he scratched his eye he is this chap is now blind and i think he's in his mid-30s and they traced the back the parasitic worm that traced the back was dog feces so you're saying, Alan, there's not just what I'm talking about. It's horrendous. Look, it's happened to me in the past as well when you walk into it. And I often said it here before. I know schools are out at the moment, but you know children going to school in the morning, they walk into this, they have to bring it into the schoolroom with them. But there is the serious health effect of this as well, potentially for everybody. But look, you mentioned people there. I, I do want to give credit to people. And I have to say, where I live here in the north side of Drogheda, there are regular dog walkers. And I do see there are more people walking dogs. Two reasons, as you said, people have got dogs. And there's probably dogs being walk now because people are at home Alan who would be commuting normally you know and wouldn't have the time to walk them but look we have to give credit dog numbers this year Jerry or 2020 alone I think we're down about 200 stray dogs in the previous year and the reason being is people are at home and yes fair play to the people that do walk their dogs and do clean up after dogs but there's no excuse there's absolutely no excuse for Jerry as again I go back to UIFs uneducated uneducated ignorant fools is what they are they're bringing their dog out there a lot of these people are bringing them out at night time and they're letting the dog there you go chef go on out there and 
shit in someone else's garden because I'm not cleaning it up after you. And it's mm. absolutely disgusting what it is. It's very, very hard, Jerry, to get a fine or a prosecution. Us doing our jobs, people will ring us or log a call with the council and say, Mary Smith from number 10, wherever, is letting her dog out every day to crap in other people's gardens. We'll drive into the estate and Mary Smith will see our van or see someone will text and say, dog warden's in the estate, don't let the dog out, la la la. It's very hard for us, unless we physically see the dog doing it ourselves, or if you're sitting at home and Mary Smith is letting her dog out, the dog is defecating. We need the person that sees that to take a photograph of the dog and also to, we'll put, we'll send them out a witness statement form. They sign the witness form. We look for the three W's. What happened, where it happened, when it happened. And it's a state on it at one thirty pm on the 25th of January, I witnessed the dog from number whatever come out, defecate the garden. There's the photograph. I am willing to go to court to back this up. It's the final. So that is, I just want to talk about that for a moment, Alan. This is important. The, the, the law is you must have photographic evidence. You must be able to pinpoint it down and say it happened there at that time. That is the dog. That is the owner. Now, if you're walking out on the street, take, for example, forget about gardens or anything. I'm walking up my street today and I see a dog doing his dues on the footpath and the person just lets them do it and walks on or in the grass margin. I want to emphasize that again. Alan has said that here. There's, it's not uh, acceptable to let them uh, go in in grass margins or anything to do it because people use those as well. But look, if I see that happening, I can go over and challenge the person and, they, you know, more than likely they'll get obstreperous with me. Must I, have, must I have the photograph of that incident as well to report it? Yeah. If you have that, but more than likely when you approach that person, they're going to tell you to F off. And that's what happens to us on a regular basis. Listen, you're letting your dog out there. We've had reports of it. F off, leave me alone. And just shut the door in our face. Now, under current pandemic situations, we don't call to people's doors because we're not allowed, OK? We will send out a warning letter. We've had a report that your dog has been let out, defecating in other people's gardens. If we get photographic evidence, we will, we will issue a €150 litter fine for that. It stops sometimes, Jerry. but look, at it is, again, I keep going back, uneducated, ignorant fools are doing But, that. Alan, he, here's the, can I say this? This is the thing. Look, at it's difficult. You're telling me now, basically, the way the law is at the moment and somebody has to stand up. And, you know, you will face, you can face a lot of anger from somebody coming back at you who don't care. These are the people who don't give a damn about things in life. They're the yeah. people, you know, who don't wear the masks, who don't believe that COVID-19 is real. You know, we, we know what we're talking about here and there's a sizable number of people. But, look, at here's the thing. If you get the photographic evidence and send it in, you do that, that's fair enough. But you're not going to get a lot from that. Can the law be changed in any way? Or would you like to see anything change? I'd love to see every dog owner in this country, if they're walking a dog, must have bags to clean up after them. I would love to see that in place that if I or Ashley or any of our colleagues, Fiona, stops someone walking on the road, how are you doing? Dog warden, me, county council. Do you have bags to clean up after yourself? Uh, no, here you go, 75 euro on the spot fine. Or give them a five-day notice or whatever it is. But like, there's no excuse for change. There's absolutely no excuse. Dog bags are the cheapest thing you'll buy. And if people want them, contact me, County Council. I have two boxes of little dog bags in the office that I can give to people. I think it's about 150 bags in it. Well, if two of them will last you the year. Like, there's mm. no excuse for this. And then people will say, oh, there's no bins. Bring it home with you. Put it in the boot of your car with your dog. Bring it home, put it in your bin. We have the saying in me, any bag, any bin. It doesn't matter, except you don't put it into a recycling bin, obviously. But any bag, any bin. It doesn't have to be 
Councillor Alan Tobin set it up in Ashburn. We're having serious problems up there over the last couple of years. We supplied what we call mutt mitt dispensers. They're a strong bag. They're double-lined bags. And in fairness to Alan, he, he championed hard for us. He did it. And it has immensely cleaned up the area of Ashburn dog poo on streets but hasn't finished it because you'll always have this small element of UIF that will not clean up after themselves. They will not do Alan, it. No matter how many Alan, li- listen to some of the messages that are coming to me here. If you uh, are in agreement with us today or maybe you have an area that you don't have this issue with at all and you want to heap praise on people, we'd love to hear from you. Either side of the equation, 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. That's 086-1800-658. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Jerry, uh, you can include Athboy in the conversation because it is simply horrendous here in Athboy, says a listener. Here's another one. Jerry, I walked the boardwalk at Oldbridge. Now, this is the lovely boardwalk. You can walk out from Drogheda Town to Oldbridge House. Uh, so you're passing there from me to Loud, I think, Alan. I'm right with my yeah, geography yeah, there. Yeah. But I here's know, a li- I, know, I know exactly what that caller is going to say, Jerry. Well, listen to this. I, I want to read this. Further. There's more There's more dog poo bags full of dog poo being thrown into the river and into the hedges. I know exactly what that lady's going to say because I walked it last week. Now, I well, listen, they... Yes, and I know you're constrained by the bother there, but they're just saying, the, the listener is saying, Jerry, I walk the boardwalk at Oldbridge regularly and the dog poo is serious on the boardwalk. It's simply shocking. People do not pick up their poo at times. Something needs to be done because it's a very popular walkway. And what about bins out there, says this listener as well. Is there enough bins on the on the walkway, Alan, or is that something could be improved it's, it's, on the boardwalk? It's not, down to bins. it's not down to bins. If you have a child in a buggy witch and you have to change his nappy, you're not going to throw the nappy on the sides of the you put the nappy into a nappy bag, you put it in the bottom of the pram and you bring it home with you. It's not about yeah. bins. It's about people being absolutely lazy, ignorant fools. That's what it is. You put the bag, you hold the bag, you tie it to the dog's collar, you do whatever you want to do with it. Just bring it home with you and find the, ne- the nearest bin you can find, put it into it. It's not... Listen to this. Here's another one. Uh, they're just bombing into me as I speak here. Jerry. I have to agree with that lady that wrote the letter to you. It's awful in Dulik where I live. Um, you can't have a nice walk anymore. And the children have actually started counting the amount of poop bags hanging in the trees, Alan. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say that's out by the commons. Um, the commons is a walk around the common land that's there. I've noticed it myself. And like, again, Jerry, they're doing they're doing the best part of what it is. Pick it up, putting it in a bag and then to do the stupid thing and throw it away. Like it, it's baffling. It is absolutely baffling is what people are doing. It, it doesn't yes. make sense at all. The hard part of this is bending down and picking up the poo and putting it into the bag and tying the bag. Bring mm. the bloody bag home or put it in a bin. Stop doing what you're doing. You're, you're better off throwing the dog feces into a ditch because it will biodegrade quicker than the actual bag. People don't realise yes. this. It's out of my problem. It's not my problem now. I picked up my poo. But you're putting the bag there that's not going to decompose for a couple of hundred years. Like, mm. where, where's the sense in that? Why bother picking it up is what I said to people. Why, why did you do that? I had yeah. a fellow on the beach two years ago, Jerry. Okay, the beach is close to traffic now. He was letting his dogs out of the back of the car. Now, we had a complaint <clears throat> with a couple of lovely, brilliant councillors over there that championed for the beach the whole time. Sharon Tolan being one of them, she's brilliant. She'd always notify me, Alan, there's dogs in the beach going mad. We'll try and get over there. This guy was letting three dogs out of the boot of his car and he was walking with a little shovel. I noticed the dog doing a poo. What does he do? He goes over and buries it. Now, I stopped him straight away. I said, sorry, what are you doing? Oh, the tide will take it away. I said, no, hang on a second. I said, you're putting 
parasitic worms into water where people bathe. Mm. So, I says, so when the water quality results come out in two months' time and they're full of parasitic worms, you're causing it. Now, mm. I issued a fine to him. Now, he didn't pay the fine, but we came to him in agreement. Look, he, he happened a lot of money, but he had enough money to second feed three dogs and not pick up after them. He has stopped it. I have noticed him. I've watched him. He has stopped it. He now brings poo bags with him. But until you educated him, he didn't know what he was doing wrong. He thought, okay, sure, every dog comes out here, defecates in the water. I'll just bury it. But like, mm. what happens if a trailer comes along to build a sandcastle and all of a sudden... Yes. Oh, stop, stop, stop. It's, stop. it's like the shit... It's like the poo on the shoe. Alan, here's another one. Look, where do I begin or end with these? They're just, uh, I, I can see now, it's a its a universal problem across the northeast. I'll be honest, you said every town and village. Alan, uh, Jerry, would you ask Alan about dogs running free and the excuse that it's not my dog? Uh, this is from Carolyn Navin. All dogs, Jerry, must be under effective control, we call it, okay? Other than if they're under restricted breeds, which is the Dovermans, the Rottweilers, the German Shepherds, the Pitbulls, the Staffies, that, or a crossbreed of. If if they're not on a lead, they're entitled, they're subject to a fine of 100 euro for having no lead. Now, the restricted breeds are different than any other dog. The only reason, and I'll highlight, highlight this to people that people don't know, the only reason we have a restricted breeds in this country, it has nothing to do with bite statistics or bite attacks or anything like that. The only reason we have that list is because the capability of the power of the jaws of that restricted breed. People have this uh, perception of the restricted breeds being aggressive and whatnot. We've probably had more bites from collie dogs in the last 10 years than we've had from any restricted breed dog. But people Mm. have this thing, oh, that's a Rottweiler who's going to attack me. He's not going to attack you. Rottweilers, by their nature, are very placid animals. Dogs running wild, ring the council. Log an anonymous call, give us all the details you can of where the dog comes from, who owns the dog, what's his address, if there's a time pattern for the dog being let out. So if he's let out every night, morning at nine o'clock, we'll be there. We'll catch the dog. We'll go to the owners. And if I see the dog defecating on a green area, I will photograph it and I will issue a fine to the owner of that dog. Okay, so Alan, clear people, as... Yeah, people are anything. afraid, Barry, to think that when we get a call, the first thing we're going to do is call to Mrs... Jones's house and say, how are you Mrs. Jones? Uh, Jerry Kelly's after reporting you. We don't do that. Everything we do is anonymous and it falls under the GDPR regulations in this country as well that we can't mention anyone's name. Don't be afraid to ring into the council, the environment section, <clears throat> environment at meetcoco.ie, log a call but please give us as much detail as you can. Give us your phone number. Please, give us your phone number so we can speak to you and say to you, how are you doing? It's the dog warden here at Meek County Council. You love the call. Can you just give me a little bit of background into it? Or is there a pattern? We will not mention anyone's name. We never do, and we're not allowed. So people, okay, that's good to know. Coming out of a house, defecating in the green yes. area every day. Ring us. We'll deal with it. That's what Okay, we're and for. the that's same applies to Loud County Council, the same area in Loud County Council. Listen to this. Uh, just read another one before we finish up. Jerry, it's a big problem, dog fouling, and I agree with you. It is more so since COVID. I am a dog owner, and I always carry bags, and I always pick up. But even outside my house, I have to clean up at times from others. But what people aren't getting, there are people out wheeling prams and buggies. There are people in wheelchairs with walking aids trying to get round and their enjoyment is being destroyed by these dog poos. Very good. Uh, good point indeed. And and just let me, will I finish this, Alan? Just let me finish this because this is important. Um, 
in my opinion, Jerry, uh, the law is the law and should be obeyed. There are plenty of bins. It's not a burden to bring a bag along with anybody and lift up, but it comes down to the individual dog owners, Jerry. We must show responsibility ourselves. Everybody is responsible for their own dog and picking up his dues. So let's get to it now. Love that. I love that message. Thank you so much indeed. Sorry, Alan, I cut across you there. You were going to say. Yeah, no, especially for visually impaired people as well. It's absolutely disgusting for them that can't see what's on the footpath. It's okay yeah. for you and me to can walk around it or jump across it or do whatever. Well, have a little bit of thought for someone on a wheelchair or a visually impaired person that's walking down the road that can't yeah. see this. It's absolutely Look. disgusting. At the end of the day, it's down to you and me and everybody else. It's our responsibilities, folks. And if you're a child, if you're one of these people that don't give a damn, somebody belong to you someday will walk into it and you'll understand what we're actually all talking about. Alan, before I go, you just want to mention quickly a new litter campaign. What's this yes, about? Sorry, we're, start, we're starting a new litter campaign this Wednesday um, in, re- in relation to all the litter that's on the side of the road at the minute. We're doing what's called a green kilometre. If people or local areas, individuals or local groups or tidy towns want to pick a section of road and clean it. And we have bags with gloves, we've high-vis jackets, we've litter pickers. If people want to get them, send an email into environment at meetcoco.ie stating where you are, what it is you want to do. If people have a green area they want, we're going to have saplings of natural timber trees from Ireland that if they want to enhance the area there's going to be saplings available you can apply online again online with that Great. do that um, if there's a heritage project in the area that say there's an old wrought iron gate with two big concrete piers there's, there's stuff to be able to do that but you'd have to get permission off landowners we're not asking people to go out and start picking later but the incentive is there if people want to do it the restrictions obviously are going to be in place with COVID and we'd ask people to adhere to that and to health and safety measures as well. But it's starting Wednesday. It's on Twitter, Good. Facebook, Me County Council website. Keep an eye on it and look at you're more than welcome to give us a hand. And it does clean up the area. It does indeed. You're doing great work, you and your colleagues. Keep it up. Alan, thank you so much for joining me today. Jerry, thank you. Take care. That's Alan Nolan there, Meath Dog Warden. There's a flood of correspondence arriving by WhatsApp and text to us and by phone. Keep them coming to us. If you've something to say, what's the solution? What is the solution? The law is there. It's particularly difficult when you have to take a photo and, you know, a barney can uh, ensue on a public pathway with somebody. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. Some people will stand up. Others, though, are timid. And that is understandable. What's the solution? Is it just down to common decency, having pride in where you live, thinking about others? That's what it's about, isn't it? It's all about that, really. And that's what we need more of. Get in touch with me if you want to say something today. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. I promise I'll try to get to all your messages about the dog fouling problem. Folks, it is an epidemic. It's a huge problem. Listen to this. Hi, Jerry. Dog fouling is epidemic. You're so right. And as that lady said in the letter, uh, as I walk every day, I have to keep my head down watching uh, the footpath in case I walk in some. I'm recovering from a heart attack. I need the exercise. And it's just shocking to have to walk like this and take note of everything under your feet. I I visited my my daughter in Perth in Australia last year and honestly Jerry you would never see dog poo anywhere that's because you see people care about the health of each other and take huge pride in uh, their area wake up Ireland and do the right thing 
please pick up, pick up. That comes in from Michael this afternoon. And there's many, many more besides. And I promise you, we will get back to them on late lunch. Keep them coming to me, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, I want to mention somebody um I want to mention uh, a message I got in from Michael Black. Say hello to Michael this afternoon. <laughs> Excuse me. And it says, Jerry, could you please dedicate a song to celebrate the life of a wonderful and when well-known local musician, the late Harry Kelly, who was being laid to rest on Saturday. He was laid to rest on Saturday last. Actually, I knew Harry. Uh, I met him and his late wife, I think it was Kathleen, many moons ago uh, through badminton in the St. Mary's Club in Drogheda. And he was a lovely man. And I met him subsequently since. But Michael goes on to say, Harry was the musical director, president and friend of the Lourdes Band for 30 years. And in his lifetime, he taught music to thousands of young people. He was the conductor of the Mullingar, Band, the RD Concert Band, the Draw the Brass Band, Clondalk and Lucan, Dublin Concert Band, and the Cross Border Orchestra, where he had a big involvement as well, and of course ourselves in the Lourdes Brass Band. In the current circumstances, the bands are silent. We're unable to pay respects by coming together as musicians to pay tribute to Harry as he would have deserved. So perhaps you can help us out in paying tribute to Harry Kelly on your show. Well, This is for Harry because he was a man of music. We remember Harry Kelly today. Ah, beautiful, isn't it? Abba, and thank you for the music. And thank you, Harry Kelly, for all the music and joy you gave so many people over the course of your lifetime. And it's ironic we're talking about Harry today on Burns Day because he was a proud Scotsman. He really was as well. And we remember Harry Kelly on late lunch this afternoon with that lovely song. Mike uh, from Fingal was on to say it's a huge problem in the Fingal area as well, Jerry. There's not enough containers in my opinion here. Well, containers are important to dispose of the poo in, but basically most people, I have to say, Mike should be taking it home. And Michael has been on from Cullen to say, come out to Cullen, Jerry. Look at the mess on the streets of the village here. No one gives a damn about it. And the business people and everybody are trying to keep the place tidy and the tidy townspeople and everything. But it's just down to people. Some people don't give a damn, Jerry. And I am inundated with comment on this. And I will be back to it, I promise you, later on in the show. News and weather on the way. And after two, Sharon Doherty, she talks candidly about our struggles. Just reminding you, there's a bumper selection of live Premier League matches on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. The big one, of course, next weekend is at the Emirates Stadium where Arsenal take on league leaders Manchester United. Kick-off is 5.30 and as well as that, we'll also have live commentaries on matches at 12.30. Make sure you get closer to the action with Premier League Live with Now TV. Stream all the action from Sky Sports on the Now TV Sky Sports Pass. So no excuses there not to listen or uh, watch the big games in the Premier League. Wow, is all I can say. What a response to the dog feces problem on our streets and pavements in villages and towns across the northeast and beyond. Here's just a selection of some of your comments that are coming to us on the show. Hi, Jerry. It's just like face masks. They're all over the place. People take them off and throw them on the ground. Where is the sense in uh, the dog poo being left on the footpath? It's the same thing. Total disregard, says Eamon. Jerry, in my estate, they bring the dogs out at 11.30 to midnight and the paths are full of poo in the morning when I'm going to work. That comes in from Marie. 
Uh, Anne says, Jerry, I don't have dogs at all, but every morning there's uh, poo on the back lawn and I've actually walked on it. I let the neighbours know and I put up a doorbell camera. It stopped. There you go. Bit of security and raise the issue and it put an end to it. They're probably going somewhere else. That's the only thing. I am disabled and I've had two nasty falls on dog dirt in trim. It's a disgrace that comes in from Helen this afternoon. Thank you, Helen. Shocking, isn't it? Get a tumble because you will as well. It's desperate stuff. It really is. Um, Jerry, what's the story with people's cats out doing their business on a public green in a small estate and in people's gardens? Dare you say anything to the owners? You should say something because I know we're talking about dogs on the streets. Don't ever see a cat in the lead. Do you going up your street much? But it applies to cat dirt as well in people's gardens and that. It's not on. It really isn't on. There's another one about cats. Hi, Jerry. We're tortured with cats pooping in our garden. My husband has to lift it every day. Sometimes there could be as many as 12 or 13 poos in any given day. It's so annoying as we don't have pets ourselves. And we are both trying to work, work hard. That comes in from Angela today. Jerry, there's a regular person who walks five greyhounds around our roads and they simply destroy them. What can be done, says Agnes in Trim? I'll tell you what can be done. Get in touch with Alan and the people in Mead County Council. Give them all the details and they'll get onto it. You heard him mentioning that a little bit earlier on there. Hi, Jerry. It's just everywhere, no matter where you go. I've seen people letting their dogs poo in the middle of the street, turning a blind eye to it and walking on. I live in Beliver, Jerry. That's in County Mead. And uh, a final one there. Jerry, you'd want to come to Kells. It's simply disgusting. You have to keep your head down all the time when out walking. Keep highlighting this issue, Jerry. Please. I will. Lift it. Lift it. Pick it up, folks. Don't leave it on the ground for somebody else to walk in. We're talking about dog dirt this afternoon on the show. And it's a, an epidemic. Bring a bag with you. Pick it up this evening and do the right thing. Think about others. Think about your community and all the people who are out walking at the moment. Please, please have some civic spirit when it comes to dog dirt. Moving on on late lunch this afternoon. My next guest, I remember meeting her on the show a couple of years back and she was outstanding the way she told her personal story. And I was surprised to see her posting and posting nervously on social media. She says, I feel very vulnerable about posting this. Well, she's going to tell us what she's feeling vulnerable about. She's a trainer, coach, nutritionist, and she owns a gym. Sharon Doherty, good afternoon again. Jerry, how are you? I'm good, but <laughs> you could have knocked me with a feather when I saw what you had to say because I looked at you. I remember saying that is some woman last time we spoke and we met. I said that to Louise, my producer. But look, you're so honest. You put your cards on the table. Tell listeners what happened to you. COVID. Literally. Lockdowns. Businesses closing. Everything. Um, it affects everybody in so many different ways. You know, so, like, as the post stated, you know, I was in a very bad place at that time. And you know from the last interview I had with you, I've been through this numerous times with depression and anxiety and weight loss and weight gain. And that's exactly what happened. Um, from March for a few months, I just got into a, a deep, deep hole. And like the majority of of the world, really, you know, um, due to the pandemic and what happened and people dealt with it in different ways people were out partying on the streets people were having barbecues people were drinking I don't do any of that sort of stuff so I went the opposite way you know and introduced some old habits and put myself into a bit of a rut then and 
Then as the post states, I've seen a video of myself when I was doing live videos in, in the private group for the, my own uh, gym members and just knocked me for 10 looking at the person that I was seeing on the video and how I'd let myself go in every aspect. You know, I was so unhappy and the weight I was at the gaining and the knowledge that I have under my belt, you know, I know what to do and I just didn't have the strength to do it. I just it wasn't there, you know, so I had to pull myself out of that hole and I got myself a coach and, you know, I did it. But it took mm. me a while, a good while, you know. But the vulnerability is coming from from being in the fitness industry, from the social media aspect and what people expect from a personal trainer, a coach, a bloody nutritionist, Jerry. You know, it's 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 very tough to put put yourself out there like that. You know, very tough. Like anybody, like I've clients that have before and after pictures and they do transform their lives and they you know they lose a lot of weight and I have to ring them and say can I post this on social media and they're like oh I don't know and they're like no go for it I'm so proud of what I've achieved and I'm like yeah you go for it girl you know when it comes to yourself it, it's fairly different considering the knowledge and this is what I do for a living so for me to let myself go in the manner that I did it was it was pretty it, it was a pretty tough post to put out there, yeah. But I just mm. said it as I do, and I was just blunt and honest, and I just said it as it is. And I I never expect what what does normally come back from my posts. I inspire so many people, and so many people can relate to me. And you know, as soon as Louise rang me, I got off the phone with Louise, and there was like fifty or sixty comments, and there was a lot of mails, and I was going through it, and I was like totally calm then. Why was I so afraid to post something yeah. like that? Why was I so afraid to be to speak the truth? Why was I? I'm honest. There's so many people in the exact same boat, you know. And I'm not. It is true. I I am the type of person that doesn't really give to like rats about what people do think of me because I've learned that over the years, especially being in the fitness industry and how you're judged, and not judged by other fitness professionals, judged by actual the actual public, you know. Yeah. Like who's but going you to see, want to go to a personal trainer that's overweight? You yeah, know? Can I say this to you? That's what, you know, is the essence of this story oh, yeah. of yours, that there may be others who have, you know, their persona and an image and that they're, you know, they're unshakable. You know, people yeah. like yourself. And, and, and what you've done is you said, hold on a minute here. I am the one who's been inspiring and leading and helping people. And this can happen to me. So it can happen to anybody. Anybody, Exactly. Exactly. And I had to go and I couldn't. I tried to work with myself as my, my own coach, as my own nutritionist. But it just wasn't, wasn't working for me because of the place I was in due to having to close the business down due to the pandemic. So I then had to go and yeah, I have a coach, Paul Morgan. He's, he's absolutely amazing. So he coached me through it and I worked on me. So he worked with me and I worked on me. They're two totally different things. You know, so so. Are, are you saying to listeners today, you lost all, you know, the go and the drive that you normally have in you. You let things slip. You started to eat badly. You weren't exercising. You were in a dark place. Yeah, 100%. I'm not a robot. I'm just very human. No matter what industry you're in, we're all human. And this this thing has grabbed us by the balls and it's destroyed a lot of people 
it's destroyed their mental health. It's destroyed. It's destroyed a lot of people. But I mean, it's it, people are coming out of it. I've come out of it. Thankfully, I've come out of it, and I've seen other people come out of it. You know, and they're not letting it get to them anymore. They're not letting it win them over. You know, so. But yeah, it destroyed me. It surely did. And you went to somebody else. You couldn't. You're saying to me that even though you tried yourself and you're great at working on this with so other people, you had to turn to somebody else. You turned to Paul and you said to Paul Morgan, Paul, I need you to now work with me to help me get back. So what do you say to people listening today who are, you know what I mean? you know, who are not gym owners, nutritionists, fitness gurus. What do you say to people today if you're feeling low? Go and get yourself a bit of help. There is nothing anybody can do at this moment in time, only online. And I've done, uh, that weight loss that I've done was all online. It was not in a gym. Gyms have been closed. It was all online. The depression and the anxiety and the weight gain was all online. The gyms were closed. So life was stopped. So what I say to people is go and get some help that you need. Go and get yourself a coach or get somebody that has a little bit of knowledge that can help you and you can talk talk you through things or you can do it with them. You know, you can do it with them. Get yourself a partner in crime. Paul was my partner in crime. You know, he he I needed him. He was working with me anyway due to an injury and um, because I was okay with my nutrition. I was like, no, I'm fine. And then it came to the crunch where I was like, Paul, I can't do this. So we mm. took over, literally. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a good place to be in. And there's so many amazing trainers, nutritionists out there um, that can do an online line program for you, that can do online nutrition, that can help you in so many ways. Just do it. Make the phone call. Send the email. Everybody, everybody offers online check-ins, weekly check-ins. And stay checking in with your coach you know, your trainer, be accountable because that's the only thing that got me through was weekly accountability, having to send a weekly check-in, having to weigh myself every week, known, and then seeing that number dropping gave me that little bit of hope. I was like, it's working, it's working, brilliant. Hmm. And even though it's numbers and I don't go with numbers on the scales, it helped a lot. It got me Hmm. out of that depression. It gave me a little bit of hope that I wasn't this blob because I felt so horrible. You know, I lost myself. I totally lost myself. And there's so many people out there that have just lost themselves. You know, so all I can say is go and get yourself a little bit of help. It's only an email away. And online coaching now is so cheap. It's so cheap. It's not expensive because everybody has no choice but to do online coaching. Mm. You don't need exercise equipment to exercise at home. You don't. It is great if you do. Get out and walk. Get out and do that five kilometer distance. Get out and do it start a bit of running, do a home workout. There's millions of free workouts online. You don't need to join an online gym and pay the money to do the workouts. There's millions of free ones. But if you're stuck in a row, get yourself some help. A little bit of accountability every week means a lot. That is the message we're going to leave with our listeners today. And Sharon Doherty, check her out. You can follow her. She's on Facebook. You'll see this uh, message that she posted that that really caught our attention. I thank you for joining me today and sending out that message. And keep on doing what you're doing. You're going great, Sharon. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks. Take care of yourself. Not at all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Sharon Doherty there. 
that woman is an outstanding person, a strong person who's come through so much in, in her life. And yet lockdown number three, two, one, two and three have been such a challenge for her. And, and she, she's telling you today that it's all right. Everybody's challenged by this, no matter who you are. But there is a way out. There is a light. You can get back. You can work. And there is lots of help out there if you're struggling today. Have a look at what uh, Sharon had to say in more detail. Check her out on our Facebook page, Sharon Doherty. And she's there to help herself. She wants to pass on that message as well. Late lunch, LMFM radio. If you're trying to make a few bob from your hard-earned euros, it's more difficult all the time. And with state savings now revising their rates downwards, what do you do? I'm sure the money doctor knows. He's here next. Jerry, I have a friend who lost their eye and it was traced back to dog feces. It's a shocking, dangerous thing. It really is. And I say to your listeners again today, for everybody's sake, for the sake of people out walking, uh, enjoying the outdoors, the restricted outdoors at this time. And from a health point of view, please pick up your dog dirt. And I say here, here to that message. And there's loads more besides I'll come back to. In that, in yesterday's Sunday papers uh, from the National Treasury Management Agency announcing a reduction in the rates to be paid on Ireland state savings. Well, the money doctor, John Lowe, is a big fan. And my first question, John Lowe, welcome to the show is, is it still worthwhile to invest in state savings? It is, of course, Jerry, and good afternoon to you and all the listeners. Uh, absolutely, it, because ironically, even though they've reduced their rates, they're still way out in front, much much to the chagrin of the deposit takers already in Ireland. Just to give you an, an example, for instance, they have uh, the 10-year solidarity bond. It was 15%, 16% tax-free into your fist, Jerry, at the end of 10 years. So if you went to, um, say, AIB or Bank of Ireland, and you said, here, here's 100,000, give me 100 and you know, 16,000 in 10 years' time, because they have to deduct dirt at 33%, they'd have to give a rate each year of 2.31% growth. And that was the best rate on the market. Now they've reduced that 10, 16% down to 10%. And the uh, gross rate, if you gross it up again based on the, on the uh, uh, dirt tax, it would be 1.43%. When I tell you that Virtually the best demand rate in the country is 0.01%. Mm. 0.01%. And, um, you know, their post office savings has actually gone to 0.05. So in all of their, uh, even they've, they've got a, a five-year national savings certificate, that used to be 5%. You, you save for five years. You, 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 and any withdrawals, by the way, on any of these products, you actually uh, lost the interest on the amount that you withdrew out. But mm. this has now been reduced from 5% down to 3%. And again, um, the, the annual equivalent rate, which is 055 but when you go to look and you add it back, say the dirt tax, it's 0.88% is what you're getting. So the very best, just to give you an example now, outside of the state savings, the very best 12-month uh, deposit rate of all the other deposit takers is actually 0.2%. Mm. That'll give you an example of how far they're still ahead, but it's still minimal stuff. Very minimal. But John, so what you're saying is the five-year saving cert is at 3% now, the six-year instalment saving is at 35 yeah. and you've mentioned already the 10-year national solidarity bond at 10% to leave your money in for 10 years. They're still yeah. by far the best rates in a very poor return market. Yeah, but you know what the real the real thing is, Jerry, is, is the fact that they have... Um, 
you know, the government backing them. That's the key. I mean, they've got, you know, we've got talk about prize bonds, by the way. There's four billion in prize bonds from, from Irish people and probably uh, other people as well who uh, oversees investors. But we've got, they should have an Irish address, by the way, I tell you. But they give out 14 million every year back in prizes. That's 0.35%. Um, and that's 3,800 prizes. Every week, Jerry, there's a 50,000 uh, top prize bar four weeks when there's now going to be a top prize of 250,000 for those four weeks. You've also got 10 weekly prizes of 1,000 uh, euros a week. Uh, you've got 500 euros a week. And then the balance is then given in 50 euros. I have one client, by the way, who's got a lot of money in, in prize bonds. And she said to me there uh, recently, John, you have no idea the thrill I, I get from listening to my letterbox go on a regular basis. <laughs> she, she, she was getting a lot of 50 euro. Um, yes. Yeah, it's a lovely prize to win. Yes, yes, they do. So, John, even though, again, with the prize bonds, they've knocked the prize fund down. There used to be a million. uh, They've knocked a million off the uh, or more. Yeah, Yeah, a million off. There used to be 4,500 prizes, and that's been reduced to 3,800. They've also got that 0.35% was also higher uh, before last weekend. So, yeah, yeah, it's in line with with the, the rate. I mean, they're giving... 0.35% 0.35% of the fund every year, well, starting mm. this year, starting this week, uh, 0.35%. So, I mean, rate-wise, I mean, it's it's still ahead of, of all those deposit takers. Um, and I'd say the very best one of all is that 10-year national solidarity bond. But the thing about it is, you know, it, it's safe and you can take the money out on seven days notice, but you just lose the interest on that amount that you're withdrawing. Yeah. But you're saying again that these uh, the National Treasury Management portfolio of savings and prize bonds, etc. And the post office savings, they are all state guaranteed just on the prize bonds. How much is an individual allowed hold in prize bonds? Well, you can get 250,000, believe it or not, is the maximum of prize bonds. But all the other state savings are 120,000. Guaranteed. it goes guaranteed, 120, not 100,000 as you go into one of the other deposit takers. That's under the uh, deposit protection scheme, which is 100,000. Yeah. But you can put 120,000 into all the state savings, the bonds, the solidarity savings to, to make it, and also the solidarity bond itself. Okay, so, so and, that and, is... And they're all safe. That they are a guarantee. So you, you, despite these changes and the reductions, they're still the most attractive out there if you want the safest of safest investments. I, I think that's basically the message and has been. That's why there's four billion in those funds, Jerry. You know, it's mm. just incredible money, really, when you think about it. Four billion, that's mm. 4,000 million. 4,000 million. So it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And, and the thing about it is that um, it's the guarantee of the government that really does it. There's only one um, one issue. If the government ever falls, <laughs> then, then, yeah. you know, it's not guaranteed. Oh, well, oh, well sure. You might as well pack up your tent and <laughs> head off. I don't know where at that uh, stage. But one I thing I will so. say, John, uh, the 10-year national solidarity bond, and you might... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, as they say here. I think mm. at one stage that was 60%. It was 50%. 50, was well, it 50? 50. You, you could get 50% of that. And that oh. wasn't that long ago either, but No. Way. No, no, no. 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Ah, John, isn't hindsight just the greatest thing in life? (laughs) 
or a scourge. <laughs> well, you, you could also say that about some of the stocks that are, oh my gosh, you know, the likes of Tesla, uh, who've gone up something like, um, you know, 50 odd percent in the last few months, let alone the last few years. But, mm. you know, the, the stock market, individualizing stock markets. Uh, selection is a complete and utter mugsman. It's like going to the bookies and placing a few. Actually, the prize bonds are a bit like that. I used to use that analogy. It's like going to the bookie, putting the bet on the horse, except you may win, but you're going to get your stake back. Whereas mm-hmm. in the stock market, you don't get your stake back. If you lose, you lose, you're gone. And that's, that's it. That's the problem. Yeah, it is indeed. It is indeed. Anyway, John, just wanted your uh, expert advice today on the state savings. Thumbs up from the money doctor, John Lowe, and thumbs yeah. up for the money doctor 2021, the big yellow book. It's flying and it's all over the place and you should have it. It's the Bible on finances. It really is. Anyway, John, we'll be tic-tacking again soon. Thank you so much for taking our call. Good afternoon. See you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. John Lowe there, the money doctor. Great guy. So there you are. You just saw the ad in the paper yesterday. Lots of people do save with the state as well. The rates are down, but as you heard there from John, they're safe, they're secure, and there is a return a return of sorts on them. Will we ever see high rates again? I don't know. Mortgage rates are low. Saving rates are low. God, we're uh, running on steam at the minute when it comes to the money, keeping the co- the economy afloat. It is borrowed money and, uh, well, of course, that'll have to be reckoned for someday. But uh, the support is needed at this point in time and it's so welcomed by everybody and I congratulate the government on that and acting quickly and supporting as many people as they can during these torrid times, it has to be said. Now, if you have a question about your pet, yes, she's with us shortly. Our vet, Sinead Kelly, is on the show in a few moments. If you want to get them in, you know the numbers, 086. 1800 or 1857-159-58 for your pet problem questions that'll be answered next. Just reminding you if you love country music be sure to check out our dedicated online country radio service it's LMFM Country you'll find just great country from the likes of Mike Denver Johnny Cash Nathan Carter and Mike English as well and many many more there do join presenters Darren Mahan and Paul McKenna every day as they bring you just great country you can tune in now on the LMFM LMFM app or at lmfm.ie. You can listen live there. Jerry, I disagree with Alan on the bins. There should be more bins, and especially on that boardwalk out to Oldbridge from Drogheda. Carrying a bag of poos for a couple of hours is a bit of a problem. I know it can be, but isn't it better to carry it and get rid of it, you know, make an arrangement, put a rucksack on your back and throw the bag of poo into it or something like that. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I agree with you. There should be more bins. Sinead Kelly, our vet, is on the line. Afternoon, Sinead. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Well, we might as well start with the topic of the day because it's gone just wild in here. And I know you're a dog owner like myself. You're a vet in the business. Have you anything to say about, like, we're getting comment from all over the Northeast that the amount of dog feces on footpaths is simply a disgrace? Oh, it's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, um, I have to say that, um, yeah, I just, I don't understand it, but there are um, still, sadly, a sizable number of dog owners who either let their dogs wander outside the house unattended, so obviously nobody's going to clean up their, their poos then, or when they're out and about walking the dogs, they, they won't uh, pick up the feces. Um, and obviously, apart from it being physically uh, disgusting, if you get it on your shoes, 
especially if you've got children or a buggy or a pram and it gets on the wheels. I know from experience many years ago that is an absolute nightmare. Um, and obviously to look at it's horrible, to smell it's horrible. But as we've said before, you know, there is a significant uh, health risk to, to people and children especially. So essentially, um, dogs that are not very regularly wormed uh, can carry uh, roundworm eggs in their, in their feces. And if ingested, um, then what happens is because the human is not the natural host of the roundworm, the Toxicara canis or cati, uh, the eggs kind of hatch out into larvae. Um, it sounds a bit disgusting, but I'll tell you the truth. And the larvae kind of migrate through the body. And because they're in the wrong host, they end up either going to organs such as the liver or, or the brain or the eyes. And they can cause blindness. Uh, they can cause brain damage. They can cause liver failure. Uh, you know, they, they can cause permanent disability and death. So, yeah, you know, it is a really, really important issue. And I, I don't understand it. I actually feel the problem is getting worse. Uh, I live in RD, and I have to say, walking the streets of RD is a nightmare because it's just everywhere. Um, mm. So I don't know. I actually think now that there needs to be more investment into... Um, punishment for, for offenders. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, everybody, you know, is always watching out for the car park uh, inspectors, you know, for, for uh, parking fines and parking on WLA lines and everything. I, I nearly think you need to have somebody uh, employed by the council or whatever authority is, is in charge um, so that owners actually know that there is going to be punishment. So the owners that don't care about the rest of society, well, we're not going to change them. Um, then they have to know it's going to hit them where it hurts, in the pockets, uh, and that they're going to get an on-the-spot fine. Now, the, the, the law states that is possible. You can be given an on-the-spot fine, but there's never, never anybody to police it, you know? So um, That's the problem, it is. Yeah, it you know, is. and obviously now with coronavirus and everything, it's just very difficult to get any new kind of changes or anything brought in. But I, I think that's the reality, is that unless people in the way now it has become you know unacceptable you know you know to drink and drive it needs to be unacceptable that your dog poos in the street and you walk off and leave it you know so you need to have people going oi you what you doing um, and I have in the past tackled tackled owners and it hasn't gone down very well um, but you know I, I think there needs to be a real you know kind of um, publicity campaign around it and I think the problem is that because it's a bit and everyone's a bit um, kind of uh, what's the word uh, you know, they find it a little bit disgusting, and maybe it doesn't doesn't reach you know proper levels of of media attention. But it is really important. I mean, quite apart from being physically and visually disgusting, it is a real human health hazard. Uh, you know, when I've seen yeah. uh, documentaries and, and programs where they've spoken to the families of children who have been affected, and it is horrendous. You know, it is horrendous. So, look, the message today is, and and we spoke earlier on the show to Alan Nolan, who's doing a great job in me, than his counterpart, I'm sure, and Loud as well. But there isn't enough resources. That is the problem. Mm, They'd course, love yeah. more. But we have to say to listeners again today, for God's sake, have a conscience and think of what Sinead's saying about the health dangers and pick it up and think of everybody. We need more community spirit. Listen, let's get a couple of your questions in from listeners because they're coming in for you here. Let's, let's begin with this one. Sinead, I have a Husky GSD cross oh that is constantly licking himself. And then he's gagging because I think he's getting the hairs caught in his throat. Okay, Do you have right. a, have a oh, solution? Concerned about two things here. Um, number one, as soon as he said Husky GSD cross, I went, oh my Lord, because that is going to be one hell of a hyperactive, high energy, high intensity dog. 
needing a lot of exercise, stimulation, excitement, because huskies are working dogs, German shepherds are working dogs, um, and so it is possible that all the licking is behavioural. It's like a stress-related obsessive-compulsive disorder. Um, so if, for example, the dog is mainly licking um, his front legs, especially the wrist area, what's called the carpus, um, that, that can often be down to boredom, isolation. It's like a repetitive stress behaviour, an OCD behaviour, and in repeatedly licking themselves, they, they release endogenous endorphins and it makes them feel a little bit better. So if, if you find from looking at the dog that it's mainly the feet, especially the front feet, I would be suspicious about that. So you need to look at, at, at the, the living situation of the dog. As we've, we've said before, is the dog getting lots of exercise during the day? Is the dog getting lots of stimulation? Um, you know, are, are they you know, in an environment where there's lots going on and, and there's lots to occupy themselves? And, and those dogs, especially those kinds of dogs, they will just wither away if they're stuck on their own for eight, nine, ten hours a day. And they will either become destructive in the house or in the garden or destructive to themselves. So that's the first issue. Now, if the dog is, is, is a calm, settled dog and is getting lots of exercise, uh, then I think it's less likely to be that. And it may be there's actually a skin disease going on. So the most common one that you would look at would be, could there be underlying skin allergies, what we call atopic dermatitis? Um, so especially if they're itchy in between the toes or on their tummy or around their ears or face, um, especially if there's a little bit of hair loss or a little bit of inflammation, it could be that there's atopic skin disease. So have a chat with the vet, get the dog checked out to make sure there's no either allergic skin disease or no parasitic skin disease. So for example, something as simple as fleas. If your dog has fleas, they will scratch and chew and be irritated. Licking is less common, so I think it's much less likely to be fleas. But I would be saying with that dog, I'd be suspicious either is there, is there underlying allergic skin disease or is there a kind of behavioral issue going on. So first protocol is going to be your vet. If they're happy that there's no actual physical skin disease, um, and if you're happy that you're getting the dog as much exercise and, and interest as possible, then you need to go down the route of contacting a pet behaviourist uh, to get a little bit of advice uh, from that point of view. Great, Sinead. Here's another one. With all that's been going on, Jerry, I totally forgot to have my dog's vaccinations. He should have had them at the start of September. Will he need more than the annual yeah, booster? So Could you ask, Sinead? Yeah, essentially, um, what the vaccine manufacturers would kind of stand by is that you have a kind of approximately a kind of three-month window. So if they were due in September, if you had kind of managed to get to your vet within three months of the date they were due, then normally you would just need to get your single annual booster vaccination. If you're over the three months, then essentially what the data sheet would say is, yeah, you might get enough protection from just the one booster, or they can't guarantee that you'll have 100% protection, so they would advise starting the vaccine course off again. So A, that's going to mean two visits to the vet and B, obviously it's going to be more expensive. So I think if it was due in September, you're going to have to restart. And again, the, the, the big ones here, um, I mean, the vaccinations that we generally uh, or we always give the dogs uh, from when they're puppies would be against uh, distemper, infectious canine hepatitis, parvovirus and leptospirosis are, are the biggest ones. Um, and essentially everybody worries about the parvovirus, which is the one that people are more used to hearing about outbreaks. And again, yes, absolutely absolutely very, very important to get the booster vaccination. But essentially, um, it's the leptospirosis that is the one that definitely needs the annual revaccination because they reckon that immunity only lasts from the vaccine approximately maybe between 12 and 15 months. Um, so that is the one that, that you really, really need to be getting every year. The, the, kind of way, the way the protocols now are, are that they would do your, your puppy vaccines against everything, your first annual booster against everything, and then after that, probably every two to three years, you would do all the diseases 
and then in between just do the leptospirosis. Um, now, if you want to be very fancy and technical and you have money, you can actually get antibody teeters done. Uh, your blood, your vet can take blood samples, send them off to the lab, and they can actually physically check the antibody levels. That's obviously going to cost a lot of money. So a lot of people in the end just go for getting the vaccines as advised. Obviously, some people are cautious about vaccines and they worry about vaccine-related disease. Again, the, the incidence of vaccine-related issues in, in, in dogs and cats is very, 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 very low. And the benefits totally outweigh the very small uh, percentage incidence of, of risks. And the leptospirosis, just for information about how they can get it, essentially, it's, it's mainly transmitted through, through rats. And unfortunately, they, they say we're never more than about three or four feet away from a rat, even if we can't see them. Um, so especially near waterways, in kind of marshy areas, or even just in the town, um, if your dog, you know, um, comes into contact with rat urine or rat feces, mainly the urine, or, or gets bitten by a rat, you know, they're at risk of leptospirosis if, if they're not vaccinated up to, de- up to date. So definitely call your vet today and, and get your vaccines restarted again. Great. Time for one more quickly. Uh, We have a new baby in the house since December. It's our first. And we have a pair of cats whose noses appear to be out of joint. (laughs) And listen to what they ask, Sinead. Would a cat ever attack or be a danger to a baby? No. Okay. so first of all, congratulations on the new baby. I'd say you're all exhausted and wondering what the hell's happened. So, no. I mean, I really would not be concerned about cats. Um, I don't know of any incidents where a cat has ever attacked a baby. Um, But what I would say is that um, if the baby is, say, alone, unsupervised, say, when they're they're sleeping, if they're in their Moses basket or in the cot in in the bedroom or down the front room if you're having a a nap yourself on the sofa beside them, I would probably keep the cats out simply because um, cats like warmth. And so often what they'll do is they'll come and lie quite close up to the baby. A, because they're a little bit curious and B, uh, because it's cosy and warm. Now, I think, and essentially this has been proven, the, the, the statistical chances of this happening are very, 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 very small, but I suppose in theory um, you may get that the, the baby may overheat and obviously that risks increases your risk of cot death and B, there are kind of stories, old wise tales about whether or not, you know, the baby maybe could get covered by the cat fur and not be able to breathe properly. Now, again, I have seen no scientific data to support that, but I I remember when I had my own first child uh, nearly 20 years ago, my mother was like, oh, my God, keep the, keep the cat away from the baby. So, uh, you know, I think as long as you're there, I wouldn't worry at all. But uh, when the baby is, is asleep um, in their own room, unsupervised, um, I, I would have the door shut and keep the cats out, I would say, just to be on the safe side. Right, Also, just one incident with, with Shona, my own daughter, uh, she was sitting in her car seat one day. We were about to go out of the house, and uh, she was in a fit of temper, and she started crying, and lashing out with their arms and legs and the cat fiver was looking at her going what in the name of Jesus is this and literally just put out her paw to kind of interact with her and because the baby's skin is so friable and fragile and because the claws was her up she actually you know drew, drew blood and, and caused her to yeah. have a tiny wound so obviously totally coincidental totally accidental but just be aware babies are very fragile yes. and, and cats have very sharp claws but I, I, I do not feel that there's ever a malicious issue with a, with a cat okay. at all so I think just be sensible just be that's it. Be sensible and you'll be fine. Sinead, you're brilliant. Thank you so much for your time Bye-bye. again today. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Sinead Kelly there, our vet. She is simply the most brilliant woman. Honest to God, she could answer any question that comes her way. Uh, Liz has been on to say, uh, I have 12 prize bonds for over 40 years and I've never won a penny. Oh, Liz, Liz.
I don't know whether to tell you this, but the year before last, I bought a small prize bond, a small, I have a small one. And about two months later, I won 50 quid. It was nearly the value of what I had. Sorry to tell you that, Liz, but you're either lucky or unlucky. But there you are. Maybe someday your uh, ship will come in and you'll win big, one of those big prizes. And breaking news. This is very important, folks, in the context of COVID-19 and reminding you, Paul Moyner, Professor Paul Moyner will be back with us on the show tomorrow. It's just been announced uh, that they believe the Moderna vaccine works perfectly against the new strains of COVID. That's a UK strain that started in Kent and the South African variant as well. So that is good news. Uh, Moderna appears to work against those. Late lunch, LMFM radio back in a moment. And we have lots of comment. I'll bring them to you. Yeah, pictured this on late lunch this Monday afternoon and the other person's eyes. Very important if you can do it at all to look through the other person's eyes. They're learning that, aren't they? Trying to learn it in the States at the moment. You probably heard if you're into your sport that Frank Lampard has been sacked as Chelsea manager. That's the 10th manager in 17 years. So you get 1.7 years uh, per manager on average. And a comment he made, Frank, relatively, just shows you you can't say anything or do anything. It comes back to bite you in the bum. When Anders Villas-Boas was sacked as uh, the uh, manager of Chelsea when Frank was playing, Frank said, well, the players had no part in his dismissal. He played his cards and they didn't work. Maybe he was too young and maybe the job was too soon for him. Ditto, Frank. I could say the very same thing today. Wow, isn't that something else? Whoever picked that up and just... Uh, republished it there. Amazing, isn't it? If you're looking for some viewing uh, over the next few days uh, at the weekend, I sat down and enjoyed the new documentary on Sky. Sky Documentaries, it's called Tiger. Simply brilliant. It's about the golfer Tiger Woods. He hasn't been involved in the making of this at all, made by HBO, but I have to say to you, I'm a big Tiger fan. The documentary is brilliant. Watch it. It's two parts over three and a half hours. Tiger, it's called. Well worth watching. The golf is in the background running there, but it really is an eye opener into Tiger. He starts 18 months, he was, when he first appeared on television, <laughs> swinging a golf club. Unbelievable, isn't it? And I've got round to the crown at last. You know, I'm a big fan of the crown. Yes, the British royal family. I've watched all the series from the very beginning. Watched the first one in Series 4, but just really picked it up again the weekend. Marvellous as well. And no wonder it's getting great kudos all over the place. Whoever, I'll tell you one thing, the actors who played Maggie, Diana and Charles. Simply brilliant. I'm looking forward to continuing my watching of The Crown. And again, as I always have from Series 1, I recommend it to you highly. It's simply brilliant. More of your comments coming into us today on Late Lunch. Wow, what a day of comments. It just shows you this dog... Def dogs defecating on our streets has really fired people up in late lunch land today. Jim says in Navin, take the bloody dogs off them, Jerry. There's another one from Carrick Macross this time. When I'm out and about walking in the town, you have to keep looking down. It's shocking, especially on the Convent Avenue. It's simply awful, Jerry. Uh, another one there. Jerry, delighted to hear you highlighting the scourge of dog fouling on our pavements. I walk every day in Drogheda. They're appalling. Shame on the dog owners. In daytime, owners seem to pick up when their pets do it because there are people around. But it poses the question, when does the fouling actually happen? How many people are fined every year? 
for this offence, says Anne. Good question. Very few, Anne. I can tell you that already. Jerry, enjoying the show. I own two dogs and always pick up after them because I'm a responsible dog owner. People who are caught not cleaning up should be named and shamed online on the respective county council's website. However, the councils need to put out more public bins as there's a serious shortage of them. Hence, litter issues too. There are also smaller specific dog poo bins which could help with the problem, especially in more scenic spots like the ramparts in Slane said Dahi. And just finally, Jerry, can you please appeal to Loud County Council? Loud County Council, are you listening in the council? I know they tune in, they hear me. Is there any chance that you can empty the overflowing dog waste bins in Talonstown? It's disgusting that this service is not being provided at present. Talonstown dog bins, Loud County Council, will you get to it, please? And so on and so on they go. Thanks for your opinions, your involvement in the show. I really do appreciate it. We're heading to news, sport and weather at three. And afterwards, Neil Diamond, he's my artist of the week. Ah, you're in for a treat. And we'll be touching base with a man who made a commitment last year to do 10k a day. How's he getting on? Stay with us to find out. I have my phone in my hand here and a message came in. It was actually was on Friday. I meant to mention it to you. And it says suspicious transaction was made on your AIB account at 1249. Not you, question mark. No, I haven't opened it because I don't want to read the rest of it because here's the laugh. I'm not an AIB customer. So there's somebody out there fishing round to see who they can pull into their little world, their grimy little world. But I will say to you, there is an AIB scam going round. So if you get a message and you're an AIB customer, a message like that, a text message, don't touch it. Don't get involved with them. AIB don't send you text messages. They do the business in a proper fashion. But I just warn you about it to my phone and I'm not even a customer. Well, I'll tell you a little story. I was out yesterday morning getting uh, some shopping early in the day and it was Baltic, as you know. I mean Baltic. Had took a while to clear the car and get going and that. And when I finished my little bit of shopping, it was early now, real early. I spots a guy in front of me, you're not going to believe this, in a convertible Mercedes, little silver one. And he had the roof off, fully off yesterday morning. It had skin a cat. It was that cold. I'm not joking you. Fair juice to him. Maybe it was to do with the COVID, you know, letting plenty of air around him or something. Now, he had a hat on and I'm sure he was wrapped well. But going round in a convertible in Ireland in minus two or three degrees on a Sunday morning. Whatever rocks your clock. I was smiling to myself saying, God, it takes all sorts. It really, really does. <laughs> Amusing. Which, whoever that is, well, good luck to them anyway. They were happy enough doing their thing in their little Mercedes convertible yesterday morning. Comment, another comment. I keep going back to these, but here's one that just struck me that's come into us uh, from a listener. Jerry, I went to awake in a house a couple of years ago, walked in offering my sympathies, etc. And suddenly I got an awful smell. And I realised, and it was pointed out to me, that I had walked on dog poo on the way into the house. Jerry, the smell, the embarrassment. Oh my, oh my. Please pick it up. That's the message I'm saying to you on late lunch today. Have a conscience, bring a bag, pick it up. Don't leave it on the street. You're bringing misery to others and you're not in 
the civic spirit mood that we need from everybody at this time. Please, please, I ask you again, pick up your doggy doos, dispose of them properly. Now, our artist of the week this week, I'm delighted to feature him because it was his birthday yesterday, the 24th of January. He was 80 years young. He was born in Brooklyn, New York City, into a Jewish family. And he attended Erasmus Hall High School along with another to-be-famous classmate. Guess who it was? None other than... Barbara Streisand, what a class. He saw Pete Seeger perform at a college camp and Seeger impressed him so much that he went out and bought a guitar. He was 16 years of age. He took lessons and began writing poetry and songs. And when he went to New York University, he became bored. So he took the train one day to the famous Tin Pan Alley uh, where he pitched his songs to publishers. And lo and behold, Sunbeam Music Publishing House offered him a four-month contract to write songs for the princely sum of $50 a week. So he dropped out of college, but he didn't get any more than the four-month contract and he wasn't rehired. But sure, he only struck out on his own and the rest is history. Yes, I'm talking about the wonderful Neil Diamond. And it's one of his most popular songs, said to be written about JFK's daughter, Caroline, but really about his wife. 1969, and she's sweet still. Ah, yes, the wonderful Neil Diamond, my featured artist of the week on Late Lunch this week, and a wonderful song. Incidentally, Neil, uh, last year when the pandemic became a reality for so many of us in the spring of the year, wrote a parody in that song because, you know, the words hands touching hands, reaching out. We can't do that at the minute. And he re-engineered the words. I was just looking at it this morning and it's nice. It really is nice. And uh, he put that message out there at the time that the song was brilliant and he loved it and he wanted people to enjoy it forever. But just at the moment, we can't. Hands touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you, etc. You know what I'm talking about. Hands, face and space. I keep saying it. We've got to keep doing it. We're going to have to do it for a while longer. But if we do it, there is real hope on the horizon. The vaccines are on the way. They're coming our way. And the year is opening up into the spring and beyond. And please, God, as the year moves on, we will be able to get back to what we call a sense of normality. Now, in the summer of last year, I spoke to my next guest and he told me the story about his son and how Crumlin Hospital had been just life-saving for him and his family. And he said, I want to give something back, Terry, and I have a target. And I've just decided today, before we all heard this uh, 100 days walking of that, he says, I want to do 10K a day, not five. We're limited to five, you know, at the moment. But this man wanted to do 10K a day running for 365 days a year. Joe Hamill, how's he getting on? We'll find out next. Shamey was on to say, you mentioned the AIB scan, Jerry. I've got the very same thing, but this time from PTSB. So there you are. You could get it from uh, them as well. And a couple of other techs saying, uh, similar to myself, Jerry, we're not customers of AIB, but we got the exact same message as yourself. So they're casting their net far and wide. Beware of the scammers. And another one there is funny. Yes, Jerry, that guy in the Merc with the roof down must have been on the beans the night before. <laughs> we were talking about the baked beans last week and the no beans and the tin and just the sauce. And I made a commitment to you that I taste the different own brands of beans because I love Heinz. Well, let me tell you, folks, I'm honouring my commitment because in my kitchen, not far from where I am here, there are a number of tin of beans that I've, tins of beans from the different stores, Aldi, Lidl, Dunn stores, Tesco, etc. own brands and I'm going to taste them and I'm going to give you my opinion on air. So it's uh, we're looking after that and that's going to happen on late lunch. Let me say hello again to Joe Hamill. Hello, Joe. 
Jerry, how are you? I'm good. Well, tell me first. Did you do, have you done the 10K every day since you started last July? I have. I'm on, I have 209 days clocked up now at this day. Today was 209. Good so man. I, think I was talking to you the last time, I was probably 50 days into it or something like that, less than 50. Yes, so you I'm, were. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. I never, I never looked as far as this or I never even thought about getting this far. I was really, my focus was really on just getting, doing a run and being in, a sh- in, in good enough condition to do it the next day. So I just kept that, kept, kept it going and thankfully I'm here on 209 feeling great. Good man yourself. Tell me this because there's, uh, I, you know, the the uh, the element of boredom if you're running the same route all the time. Have you been able to vary the route number one? And you know, with the five k, I take it you're being imaginative yeah. with that limit. Absolutely, and 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 the the one thing is, I, like, I'm, I'm absolutely blessed for where I'm located. So I'm like I'm within my five k uh, radius. I have I can go all the way up to Laytown, all the way up to Laytown, and then as far as far in as just the, the ports there in the Marsh Road. So mm. I have I have a huge amount of um a variety of runs and thankfully I've I've managed to, to keep that variety going right throughout. Uh so I I don't really get bored and to be honest, the the added frost in the mornings is an added it's something different as well. And uh I, I kind of enjoy those mornings where because it, it it'll be, you know, before you know it, the frost will be gone and you'll be so I don't really wish that those kind of, these kind of mornings away. Um, I enjoy them thoroughly. So it's fantastic. Um, and, and the boredom, I do miss, to be honest, I do. I love driving out to Newgrange or somewhere like that or Slane, mm. parking the car and just going for a run around them. But, I, but, but again, I'm looking forward to restrictions easing again in, in, a, in a few weeks, in a couple, maybe probably a month or two and getting back to doing that. Ah, yes, and we all are, and that will happen. That is going to happen. That's a a certainty. Lockdown now, but we're going to have the benefits down the road. Now, uh, you told me the story, I remember, when we we spoke last, and uh, your son, Joseph, 2019, was diagnosed with having a large inflammatory tumour between his heart and lung, and Crumlin Hospital have just been outstanding for you and him and continue to be. How much have you raised? You set yourself a target of €35,000. Where are you with the target? I'm I'm 32 and a half now at this stage. I, I, I initially set out not knowing what I was going to do and I, I said, God, I'll be happy with five grand after after 12 months, after running every day, I'll, I'll, be, I'll settle for that. But that soon became, the support became, the support has been overwhelming Um in both me, Dublin, Wexford, uh, which is my local, I'm, I'm originally from Wexford, and the support has got me up to 32,500 now at this, this stage. Brilliant. So, um, I really, I'm blown away by that, that support. Fantastic. And if people would like to just nudge you over the 35, because you're almost there, what's the easiest way to support you, Joseph and Crumlin? It's just giving.com forward slash Joe Hamill. Uh, that's H-A-M-M-E-L. So just giving dot com forward slash Joe Hamill is the is the easiest way, and um, people can also find me on on Instagram at at, at Hamill Joe, um, and that also has has the links for for my page as well. Yeah, so you can get it there. So it's quite easy. And there's one L, is it H A M M E L E L. Yes, one right. L in Hamill. That's the important thing. Yes. And just giving dot com. How is Joseph? He's 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 doing very well, thankfully. Now he, he much rather the 
the homeschooling is a little bit difficult at the moment and he, he'd actually prefer to be in school um, rather than do the homeschooling at home because it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, but thankfully, health-wise, he's thriving. Um, we've been in and out to Crumlin for various checkups over the last number of weeks and months and thankfully, everything is looking, everything is behaving itself, is looking looking, looking good. Um, and he's thriving. I mean, he can't... He, one of the biggest signs for us is he's he's eating and growing, and uh, can't keep can't keep shoes on him. He he constantly growing out, and so that that's a very good sign. We're delighted delighted with that, and he's happy in himself as well. Although he would like to be back in school with his friends, but yeah, and um, that that'll come very soon anyway. Hopefully. It certainly will. Look, we wish him well and all of you well and you're a great guy and we want to just push you over that 35k. Get on and uh, do what you can, folks, because you're supporting Crumlin Hospital and they just do a wonderful job and you can imagine at the moment the difficulties they're encountering in COVID with fundraising and with uh, providing care to children who need it so badly. So if you can at all, Help Crumlin Hospital through our wonderful Joe. Wish you well. So we'll see you at the end of the 365, I'm sure. Thank you, Jerry. And hopefully you'll join me in a run some Saturday. Some Saturday. Oh, listen, listen, yeah. I'll, I'll have to get the old shoes on and do a little toddle with you all right. But uh, once there's plenty of medical care there to take care of me if anything untoward happened. But I will, I will. I'll do that with you, even at my own pace. Please, God, when the restrictions lifted. I commit to that today to do that with you, Joe. Thanks a million. Perfect. Thank, thank you, Jerry. Thanks very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Joe Hamill there and his son, Joseph. Good news all the way. Just get him over there. 35. Do your best for a moment. You heard there. Uh, go and check him out. Joe Hamill. H-A-M-M-E-L. One L in it is the important thing there. And uh, give him all the support that you can. Now, uh, late lunch LMFM radio tomorrow. Paul Moyne, Professor Paul Moyne is back with us to uh, give us his usual brilliant take on COVID and vaccines. Sean Collins starts a new series. The historian with us tomorrow all about 100 years since 1921, local and national issues, bringing them to light, bringing them to you, going back in history. Sean, with that new series, the first part tomorrow with him. And uh, if you have an open day, we'll hear about that coming up. And if you're of senior age, we have loads of advice for you as well on the show tomorrow from Louth and Mead County Councils. Eddie's next with The Drive leaving you at Coldplay. See you tomorrow. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website. BlackstoneMotors.ie Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.